Well, good morning. My name is Grant. I can almost say we could just leave right now, and I'd be good to go. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in worship this morning. Love the way you guys pour your hearts into what you do and leading us through song in the mornings. Um, thank you for that. And like I said, my name is Grant, one of the pastors here. Uh, thankful to be here with you all. We are in our, in our series, Work and Family. Uh, last week, Todd uh, opened up our series through week one. I'll be in week two. And uh, when we're looking at this series, I'm like, okay, I get week two of work, but family. I mean, there's so much that goes into family, that how we pour our lives in, into our family and the impact uh, that we can have by living a godly life in our families. But looking at work and just studying this and preparing for this, I'm like, there's so much that goes into our work that we can do, that we can have an impact for the kingdom of God. And excited to bring this message here with you guys. We're simply just going to be looking at the word of God and looking at what it says, we're going to be reading it, we're going to be talking about it, we've already been able to sing about it, and we're just going to apply it to our lives today, apply it to our lives as we go about our, our week this week. Uh, last week we learned from uh, Pastor Todd's message that work is good. Our work matters to God, and our work has a purpose. There are so many different jobs, and they all make a huge impact on so many people in our community and the world we live in. And us doing our jobs well is a very practical way that we can love and honor God and our neighbor. Uh, so I'm going to invite you guys, think back, what was your very first job? I'm going to allow you guys to reminisce a little bit. Think back to your very first job and whatever that looked like. Uh, going to be different years for all of us in here uh, this morning, but what was that like? How much did you make? What was the hourly pay rate uh, for that job? And so think back to what your very first job was. My very first job was actually serving ice cream at a Baskin-Robbins. Uh, so because of Pastor Todd's message last week, I'm here to tell you guys, you can eat all the ice cream that you guys want, okay? So feel free to have as much fun as you want doing that. And uh, the manager that I had over me at that time was actually Lindsay Kelly. And so she was actually my manager when I started serving ice cream. So, um, yeah, thank you, Lindsay, for not firing me. Um, so uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Here is our big idea, our big point, our big takeaway from this morning is that we were made to give God glory with our lives. Work is part of our lives. So our work, therefore, should give God glory. Our work should give God glory. Uh, a few stats on work for you guys. Uh, for you guys. Uh, according to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, in 2019, full-time employed persons averaged eight and a half hours of work time on weekdays that they work and five and a half hours of work on weekend days as well as holiday days. Pretty much meaning we spend a lot of time at our jobs. We spend a lot of time doing work, not necessarily that it means that we're at our jobs doing work. We also do work in our homes. Uh, maybe it's yard work. Maybe it's doing work to help someone else. But there's a lot of time we spend working that we put our hands to different things. As Dolly put it, we spend and work nine to five, but it's not always lo uh, looking like that for us. Sometimes we work seven to seven, 11 to 11. Uh, sometimes we work 16 hour shifts. Uh, uh, work may look different for each of us, but whatever it looks like for you, we can give God glory. We can give God glory. Um, this quote from Timothy Keller uh, says, we were built for it and freed by it. We were freed by the work of Jesus on the cross and through his resurrection. But when we feel that our lives are completely absorbed by work, remember that we must also honor God's work 
limits. Important just to add that there. We must also honor God's work, work limits. Uh, the Bible teaches us how to take care of ourselves, how to do it physically, mentally, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually, how to love, how to forgive, how to handle different relationships in our lives so that when we put all of these together, when we bring the Word of God to every aspect of our lives, we are to look more and more like Christ each and every day. Ephesians 5.1 says that we, the follower of Jesus, should imitate God in everything that you do. We were made to give God glory with our lives. Work is part of our lives, so our work should give God glory. I'm going to invite you guys to turn your attention to this video real quick. Work. What pops into your head when you hear the word? The hands of a clock crawling slowly toward five? Endless meetings? Stacks of paperwork? Just hanging on for the weekend? For that next paycheck? Or maybe it's the thrill of success? Closing the deal? Hitting your numbers? Finding the thing you were born to do? Whether you love your career or hate it, or more likely land somewhere in between, one thing is certain, you'll spend a huge portion of your life at work. So one of the first words that should pop into your head when you think of work is worship. As Christians, if we aren't on staff at a church or out on the mission field, sometimes we feel that we aren't truly doing God's work. Like we're second-class citizens in the kingdom of heaven. But God makes it clear that whatever our hands find to do, we should do it with all our might. We work with all our hearts, as for the Lord and not for men. We're called to worship God with our work, whatever it may be. Worship isn't just a Sunday morning event. God doesn't wave goodbye from the church and say, see you next week. He's always with us, and every aspect of life is an opportunity to bring Him glory. For most of us, our workplace is one of the primary places we can put our faith into action. We work to fulfill our God-given responsibility to provide for our families, to financially support our local church, and the advance of God's kingdom at home and abroad. At work, we love and serve coworkers and customers in word and deed, knowing that we'll encounter many who have never set foot in a church. And as a representative of Christ, we operate with integrity. In doing so, we earn the right to be heard. We work with excellence because we serve a master craftsman, the very maker of heaven and earth. From the very beginning, he created us to work. It's not a punishment, though at times it may seem that way. It's a high calling. So the next time you think of work, think of worship, because work is worship. So we were made to give God glory with our lives. Work is part of our lives, so our work should give God glory. Um, but if you're like me, you may be thinking, okay, I get that. Our work should give God glory. Our, our work is an act of worship to him. But, but how do we do that? How does my work glorify God? How can it? Do you, do you even know what I do? Do you even know what I walk into each and every day? Do you know the things that I have to put up with? Do you know the things that I deal with on a daily basis at work? 
I'm going to invite you to go and turn to Colossians chapter 3, and we'll see what Paul writes to the church of Colossae here, and we're also going to see later on what he writes to the church of Ephesus. And so these letters were intended to be to, uh, written to uh, early believers, uh, the early church, and pretty much he's speaking to, when he writes these letters to them, talking about every aspect of their lives, including work, including work. Um, so this church would have been uh, kind of like a highway church. It was a smaller city in between two larger cities. Um, it would have been uh, made up of early be- uh, believers, newer followers of Jesus. He's telling them to identify with Christ in his death and his resurrection and to let the gospel, let the word of God, let the Bible mold and shape their thinking and behavior. Let the Bible mold and shape their lives and their relationships, including their workplace. Uh, go ahead and read with me in verse 16 and verse 17 here in Colossians chapter 3. It says, verse 16, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. It says, teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do, verse 17, or say, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus giving thanks through him to God the Father. We are to be a representative of Jesus. We're supposed to live our lives for him, and whatever we do should point to Jesus, should point to his life and what he did. So whatever you do, be a representative of Jesus. Continue reading with me, verse 22 through uh, verse 24. What we're about to read here, these terms you're going to see, uh, says slaves and masters do not mean what we think of today. While there are some similarities and differences in the, the meaning of these words today and what we see in the time that, uh, of when this was written, there's cultural differences as well. And so it's important to know that Scripture clearly teaches that slavery as we know it is not a good thing. And as we are reading this today in our culture and in our context, we're looking at this as saying employees and employers. Verse 22 says, slaves... Obey your earthly masters in everything that you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving here is Christ. So here in Colossians chapter 3, Paul is, is, is telling these early believers, he's telling us how we're supposed to behave at work. The employee and the employer. This is how we're supposed to act. This is how we're supposed to live. He's pretty much coming in as the the PR representative. How many of you guys love PR? Some of you may be working PR. We all love you guys, really. Don't do this, do this. Behave like this, don't behave like this. That's pretty much what he's doing here. It says, verse 22 says, don't just please them when they're watching. Do it all the time. How easy is it for us to know that when the boss isn't looking or someone isn't watching, it's for us just to to kill a little bit of time, waste a little company time here, pull out the phone, see what's trending on Twitter right now, and just for us to just waste a little bit of time while we could be working hard. But we're told here to work hard even when they aren't watching. Out of why? Out of reverent fear of the Lord. Verse 23 says, work willingly at whatever you do, as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Other translations say, work at it with all your heart. Work wholeheartedly. Work heartedly. We're supposed to give it our all as if we were working for the Lord, that 
Jesus is our one true master. He is the one true one that is over us. And that when we work, we are serving Christ. That we are working hard because our God has commanded it. He's told us to do this. And so by serving our employers with greatness and doing our work with greatness, we're serving Christ. Whether your employer is a Christian or not, you are serving Christ and you are setting an example of what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. Christ is our great master. We were made to give God glory with our lives. Work is part of our lives. So guys, our work should give God glory. Our work should give God glory. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, it's going to be up on the screen for you guys. It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it all for the glory of God. So we see in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 here in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, it says, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. And I remember thinking about this series, it's like it says, okay, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. I can get excited about, you know, loving my family, leading my family, appointing my family to Jesus. But sometimes work, when we think of work, we're like, good grief. Like, we work for the weekend, right? Like, we're ready for the weekend to get here. We're ready for Monday through Friday to get out of the way. Those chores to be done, for schoolwork to be done. We're ready to move on past the work. But it says, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. And I'm thankful just to be here with you guys this morning. I'm thankful for you guys that value this. Many of you guys that I know that value this, that put this into practice. For a church that values this. From our volunteers to those that serve, for our pastors. I see them work hard each and every day. They value this and they work hard. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 through 6, we see this terminology used again from Paul as slaves and masters. It says, slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time. Again, we see this not just when they are watching you, but as slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Do the will of God with all your heart. We see other translations say in uh, verse 6, don't work only while being watched. Or don't be people pleasers. We're not to just do a job when somebody's watching us or just to get somebody's attention. But we should realize in all things that we do, at all times and in all places, we are to work hard to give God the glory that is due to him. To give God the glory that is due to him. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 7 says, work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Work with enthusiasm, serve wholeheartedly, serve with good will. Serve with good will. And so we're taking it up a notch here, what Paul's writing to the church of Ephesus. He says, get this, this means doing our work with a good attitude. It means doing it joyfully, whether it's chores at home Serving somebody, the tasks that come with our day-to-day jobs, it means doing it with a good attitude, even if you don't like your job. And that's tough, right? Doing it with a good attitude. But, but what does that look like for me? How can I glorify God in my work? Um, and I, I get it. Work sometimes is just tough. Uh, it can be hard. Some of you are ready to throw in the towel. Some of you maybe already have thrown in the towel. You're like, you know what, I'm done. Maybe you're retired and work looks different from you. Maybe you're starting a new job, closing the doors on one, 
And maybe you're at a great spot in your job. Maybe you're loving the work you're doing. Whatever it looks like for you, though, we are commanded, we are told that in whatever situation you find yourself, to work hard, to do it with a good attitude, because we are serving Christ. We are living our lives for Christ. Do it with all your might. Do it with enthusiasm. If by all means you working means you singing while you work, do it. Do whatever you got to do. Have a good attitude. Have joy. Take joy for what our God has done for us. That we, the believer, realize what, what our, our Jesus has done for us by coming and living a sinless life, giving his life up for us, doing the work on the cross faithfully, overcoming the grave, and thereby giving us this gift that we can have if we just simply believe in Jesus. Go that extra mile. Do it with all your heart. But what if they don't treat me the way I deserve? What if they don't treat me the way I treat them? Keep working with all your heart and a great attitude. Um, before coming to HC uh, full-time a few years ago, I worked as a, uh, a full-time RN at the uh, PACU at the Arkansas Heart Hospital in Little Rock. I enjoyed my time there a lot. It was a fun unit. Uh, some of the cases we get to see anything from uh, gastric sleeves and recovery to uh, cabbages and uh, open heart uh, patients that we'd come in there. And so we got to see all sorts of things. I worked night shift, I worked day shift. Um, and in doing those things, it, it, it was uh, tough sometimes. Shift work can be tough. I remember one of the nurses that oriented me on night shift. Uh, her name was TJ. Uh, this was not a hospital um, uh, it was not the heart hospital where she was orienting this one nurse, but it was at a different hospital. And she said one time she was orienting this, uh, this nurse on this floor, and she said, hey, this is where you come to get supplies on, on, on this part of the floor, and this is where this is at. And then she took this nurse to this random closet, and she said, this is where I go to cry. It's <laughs> like, God, my goodness. But work, work can be tough sometimes. It just is. Um, you know, maybe you're in, in the, the healthcare field, and that's what that looks like for you. Uh, you know, sometimes you find yourself in a good situation. Sometimes you find yourself in a hard situation. But I constantly was reminding myself that I need to work hard and be a representative of Jesus. And me looking like a Christian in the workplace means me working hard. Means, means me applying the gospel to every aspect of my life, including work. Uh, you know, you get a patient that comes in with MRSA is allergic to everything under the sun, even rattlesnake bites. Sometimes patients put that. They put, I'm allergic to rattlesnake bites. Go figure. Um, and they ask for ice chips every four minutes, and that's only one of your patients. You know, you have a few more to take care of. It's important to do your job well. It's important for us to do our job well, to work with excellence, to work with enthusiasm, to work to complete your job. Whatever you do, do it well as working for the Lord. It looks like the plumber replacing and installing pipes to the best of his ability to get water flowing in a record-breaking cold spell, right? Amen? Thank you guys that were doing that. Looks like the road crew worker going the extra mile, literally, to clear the roads. It looks like the HVAC worker that goes back into the scorching hot attic just to make sure the insulation on the duct work is just Right. It looks like the engineer double-checking their numbers to come up with the best possible solution and the best design that they can for the problem. It looks like the teacher spending that extra time with that student that's struggling, whether in person or virtual. It looks like that student who's a senior putting in the extra work to finish the semester strong. 
It looks like the one who's retired doing their task at home with all that they have and doing them well. It looks like the grocery store worker going that extra mile to restock the shelves in the middle of a pandemic. It looks like continuing to take care of that family member that's been sick and that's been hurting at home and making sure they get to their doctor's appointments on time. It looks like answering phones with overwhelming joy because of what God has done for you. It looks like you being a representative of Christ when you talk to your employees and your employers. <clears throat> we were made to give God glory with our lives. Work is part of our lives. And our work should give God glory. I, and I stand here today to tell you guys that there's been times where I haven't worked as hard as I should have, that I haven't had a good attitude in the workplace. And I also stand here to say, like, I'm working to do better. I'm trying to do better. I was wrong in those moments. I failed. But I'm working to do better because our God has commanded it. And I have to realize that I am serving Christ with my work. We need to have a great attitude in our work. We need to have joy. This is how we approach it. Work with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm. Work until completion. Work with excellence. Whatever you do, do it well and do it for the Lord. Our work has purpose. We can honor God with it. What you're doing has value and can have an eternal impact. Ask yourself, what kind of an employee, what kind of a worker are you? How would the other people you work with describe you? What kind of an employer are you? And what kind of attitude do you have? You know, if I'm not a good coworker that people don't respect, people are not going to give two cents as to what I have to say or think. We should work hard to have a reputation in our workplaces that people want to know what we think, what we value, what we believe. We need to have our faith and work going hand in hand. You get to minister to someone three days a week, four days a week, five days a week. You get to honor God with your work. And ask yourself, how does your faith shape your work? Or how does your work shape your faith? Uh, Tim Keller said, quote's going to be up on the screen, you will not have a meaningful life without work. We learned last week that we were created for work. It's a good thing. But he says, you cannot say that your work is the meaning of your life. Uh, I had someone tell me uh, several years back that they were going into a certain type of occup uh, occupation and said that because of this occupation and the stats behind this occupation, he said, you know, I'm probably going to end up getting a divorce because like two-thirds of people that go in, into this occupation um, uh, end up getting a divorce. And I just wanted to give him like the people's elbow, like right then and there. I was like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? Like your work does not dictate who you are. Our God has given us an identity. And it's not for our work to tell us who we are. We are children of God and for us to live it out in our workplaces. I didn't give him the people's elbow though, just so you know. We work because of our purpose and meaning. We don't find our purpose and meaning in work. We were made 
to give God glory with our lives. Work is a part of our lives. So church, therefore, we should allow our work to give God glory. So why do we do this? What's the point that, you know, why do we do this? Because of what God has done for us. We live our lives for God because he was faithful to do the work for us. He has given us a new life. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15 is going to be up on the screen for you guys. It says, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. God has been faithful to us. He's been faithful to the work on the cross and giving up his life for us so we can have new life. May we, the believer, who's placed our faith and trust and hope in him, be faithful to live our lives for him. May we be faithful to do the work he has called us to do. May our work give glory to God. May the engineer engineer well to the best of your ability. May the medical care provider provide medical care to the best of your ability. May the teacher teach to the best of your ability. May the tax collector, and we'll skip that one. Um, just, just kidding. <laughs> Whatever you do, though, do it with all your heart. So Paul writes these letters to the early churches. Um, you see he writes them to the church of Ephesus and the church of Colossae, and he writes them to a number of other churches. They were told to live their lives for Jesus in every aspect. Live your lives for Jesus. Because our lives and what we do with them and the relationships we have are important. Uh, pretty much he's telling them they were told to work hard. They were told to have a good attitude. To even live for Christ in the workplace. Why? Because Paul knew writing these letters to these early churches, these beginning churches, knew how important it was for us to live our faith in the workplace. It does not stop here. And I, I can't wait to hear the next two weeks where we get to talk about family, how we bring our faith and how it affects us in our families. But it does not stop here on Sunday mornings. It goes into the workplace. We are on the mission field when we're at work. You won't find it in your job description, but it should be there, right? Through your job, people can see what it looks like to work with all your heart as for the Lord. Through your job, people can see the enthusiasm you have as if you are working for the Lord. Through your job, people have the opportunity to hear the gospel. Through your job, you can serve Christ. Through your job, you can give God glory. For he is the great master. Can you imagine that if we went out this week and we all decided, hey, you know what? I like the color yellow. I see some of you guys already wearing yellow this morning. And we decided, hey, we're going to wear a yellow T-shirt. And we're going to go into our workplaces and say, hey, I'm wearing a yellow T-shirt. You know, you can wear a yellow T-shirt too. How cool it would be. And we invite people to wear a yellow shirt. And we start to see more yellow across town. The whole town begins to look more and more yellow. We begin to see people at our workplaces wearing yellow, people in our schools wearing the color yellow, uh, people at the ball fields are wearing a yellow shirt because, hey, we, we like to wear the yellow T-shirt, and we want other people to know about it, and we want other people to wear it. We'd start to see it in our homes, our families, our friends, all over, all because we made a decision to wear a yellow T-shirt and tell other people about it. We'd start to see more yellow all over. 
And this is what we're called to do in every aspect of our lives. But it's not about wearing a yellow t-shirt. It's about us looking and living more and more like Jesus. That other people see it in us, that we're able to share it with other people. So they too can look more and more like Jesus. This is what we're called to do. Um, I love reading about the um, church of Ephesus. I love the book of Ephesians. Um, one quick little fact for you guys. It was written around 62 A.D. So about 40 some odd people there. And about 50 years later, in 110 A.D., it's estimated that the city of Ephesus, the city of Ephesus, this huge, massive city, was made up of about 90% followers of Jesus. It's like, what happened? They got it. They lived it. It's not about wearing a yellow t-shirt. It's about living our lives for Christ, living our lives for Jesus. We were made to give God glory with our lives. Work is part of our lives, and our work should give God glory. Work with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm. Work until completion. Work with excellence. And whatever you do, do it well and do it for the Lord so that he may receive all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. I'm going to invite you guys to respond uh, this morning. Uh, you're going to see on the screen there's a number of ways that you can respond this morning. One of those may be that you need to take that step in following Jesus. Maybe it's through baptism. Maybe it's through serving. Maybe it's through just having a relationship with Jesus. Somebody's going to be available to you in one of our Connect Corners, and we invite you just to go to talk to them, uh, talk to one of our pastors about what, it, about what that looks like for you, about how you can respond this morning. You can also fill out and turn in our Connect card. As Pastor Josh talked about earlier this morning, we'd love for you to take the time to fill that out. Also on the back, you'll see that you can share any prayer requests that you have or even answer prayers. Last week, get this, we had somebody write on there that they had an answered prayer, and it was because one of their coworkers had a change of heart that they had been praying for. And maybe that's you right now. Maybe there's somebody that you're working with that you need to be praying for, that you need to be coming before God for. You can do that this morning by coming through these steps or by just from where you're sitting at this morning. You can just pray where you're at. We're also going to have a song that we want you guys to lift your voices out as we worship God and thank him for being faithful to us. And in response, may we be faithful to him. Let me pray. Father, we love you, we praise you, we thank you, God. God, thank you for your faithfulness. You are so, so good to us, Father. And God, I've been guilty uh, for not working with all my heart. I've been guilty for not working with enthusiasm and having a good attitude, God. Change that. There's people in this room, God, we need to do better. We need to work harder. We need to work not to serve people, but to serve you, God. That we would give you all the glory and honor and praise that is due to you by the way we live our lives. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.